Welcome to Policy Pod, PORF podcast. This episode is part of the Raisena Dialogue 2021, India's annual premier conference on geopolitics and geoeconomics. The conference is hosted by ORF in partnership with the Ministry of External Affairs, Government of India. Hello. It is a great pleasure to be part of the Raisena Dialogues this year. I'm Mark Sussman, the Chief Executive Officer of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. At the Gates Foundation, we have had a long tradition of strong partnerships with the government of India and with the private sector and civil society, both working in India and beyond, on health issues and also many others. But this year, the topic of the Health Central is the most appropriate topic we could possibly be discussing. Never before has global health taken such a central role in global affairs. And I would argue never before has India uh, taken such a central global role, given its uh, importance in terms of scientific research and development, vaccine manufacturing and other related activities uh, dealing with COVID-19. Uh, COVID-19 pandemic has impacted lives and livelihoods across the world in an unprecedented way. And that's also been an unprecedented res response uh, across researchers, healthcare workers, business leaders, grassroots organizations, and India has been at the forefront of this effort. So, Minister Jaishankar, if I could start with you, I would like mm -hmm. to congratulate India for administering more than 100 million doses of COVID-19 vaccines. At the same time, one of the key themes of Prime Minister Modi's narrative of the global response to COVID-19 has been the ancient Sanskrit phase, Vasudaiva Kutumbakam, which translates as the world is one family. Could you talk a little bit more about how this principle has guided India's response and actions globally? Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you, Mark. And uh, it's a pleasure to be uh, with you and with Vijay uh, at this panel today. Uh, look, uh, Vasudeva Kutumbakam is a sort of a, is an outlook. Okay, I mean, literally, you know, it means world is a family. Now, when I say it's an outlook, it means both that the world is important to us and also a sense that we are important uh, to the world. Now, in today's world, that translates into international cooperation. Now, I would argue international cooperation is good, okay? But I think being good is not just being good. I think being good is also being smart. That there is, there are uh, value you values you derive out of international cooperation. Things which wouldn't be possible if you didn't have international cooperation. And if you look today, I mean, it isn't just a you know question of us saying Vasudeva Kutumbakam. We actually mean what we say. We have practical ways of demonstrating it. This is a very practical delivery-oriented government. Okay, and I. I mean, you spoke about vaccines. I mean, we've delivered vaccines to a lot of countries. But even before the pandemic, I mean, if you look in terms of humanitarian assistance, whether it was an earthquake in Nepal or a civil war in Yemen or a cyclone in Mozambique or a typhoon in Fiji or a mudslide in Sri Lanka, or whether it is, you know, taking the Paris agenda forward uh, uh, through, uh, you know, initiatives like the International Solar Alliance or, uh, you know, uh, how to respond collectively towards disaster uh, resilience. So there are very practical ways by which we have demonstrated our belief 
in the world is a family. And, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the vaccine uh, is, is uh, only the recent example. And for those who actually question international cooperation, I want people to also understand this, that, you know, our ability to make vaccines, as Vijay would confirm, is itself a result of international cooperation. So international cooperation is not a one-way street where we are giving things to other people and, you know, somewhere shortchanging ourselves. I think people need to need to understand that. Right. Well, thank you for that. And certainly from the perspective of the Gates Foundation, you know, our cooperation in India over the last 20 years has included a great deal of scientific uh, partnership and collaboration, including with uh, what are now the, the large global vaccine manufacturers, where partnerships with us and with the Gavi Vaccine Alliance are part of what have helped transform India into the global leader it is today. But Dr. Vijay Raghavan, if I could just uh, push you a little bit more on that in the uh, spirit of your role as co-chair of the Task Force on Scientific Innovation related to COVID-19, even with that background, I think it's been a pretty unprecedented effort in India and in terms of how you've accelerated and scaled up vaccine development. And could you shed a little bit more light about you know, just how you've done that and what you think lies behind that? Thank you very much, Mark. It's a pleasure to be here with you and our external affairs minister. And you know, as we just heard, um, you know, international collaboration is just that, it's a collaboration. And if you look at the start of the pandemic, uh, you know, India was in a position where uh, PPEs, um, healthcare equipment, ventilators were all in short supply because of a global supply chain being affected because of a few strong nodes dominating. Now, we learned from that lesson very rapidly and immediately did two things. We scaled up the manufacture of all this, but at the vaccine front, we did something which is pretty impressive. In addition to scaling up our manufacturing uh, of vaccines developed elsewhere, we also developed vaccines here. And that's something quite impressive. India became immediately not just a huge vaccine exporter and manufacturer, but also a vaccine developer. Not just the big companies, but our startups, our academia went into vaccine development uh, and deployment. And you're going to see the outcome of that very soon. So this reflects a very changed situation where not only could we serve the current pandemic well, but our preparedness for the next one uh, and a preparedness for global service on this front has been incredibly ramped up. So uh, within that context, uh, Minister, if I can come back to you, there's been a lot of discussion about equitable access to vaccines globally. Clearly, this is a pressing issue of our time. We know, and you know, certainly within the United States, for example, where I'm speaking from, you know, there while there have been significant support to COVAX, uh, there has not been a lot of support around actual distribution of, of uh, vaccines uh, into other countries or other parts of the world. Whereas India, um, through your vaccine Maitri initiative, you have 85 countries already, I believe, have had access to vaccines who otherwise wouldn't have had. So in that context, it would be great to hear just your thoughts on how interviews platforms like that, but also COVAX and other bilateral and multilateral approaches, both for the current crisis, but also this is something the world is going to have to grapple with going forward as to what the right structure for future challenges in health and beyond health are. 
Right. Uh, you know, uh, Mark, I'd like to really pick up on a point which Vijay made before answering your question, which is we are fighting this pandemic. But even as we are doing this, we need to understand, uh, you know, the, the analogy I draw is a typhoon that, you know, they, once you have a typhoon, be sure they're going to be more. Okay. So everything we are doing, we are doing for now, but everything we are doing is also preparing ourselves for what is to come. Now, I think equitable access is critically important uh, in this because, you know, we all know that, you know, no one will be safe till everyone is safe. But while we know that, we don't necessarily practice it. Okay. So, uh, quite honestly, uh, the global tendency has been to sort of uh, circle the wagons and say, well, I'm going to look after myself, uh, mostly. Now, I, I understand that, okay, I'm, I'm not uh, against that. I, I think if any country is under stress, if the numbers are going up, which by the way, they are for us right now, I think it's completely legitimate that we uh, apply, we purpose you know, our production to where the immediate uh, challenge is. But the fact is that, you know, uh, to the extent that uh, you have margins and the ability and the obligation to help others, I think it's the decent thing to do. As I said, doing good is also doing smart. Now, in our case, uh, we obviously, you know, our vaccine producers had some contractual commitments. They had commitments to COVAX, as you know, you know, where we actually helped health workers in a number of African countries with some of our own neighbors uh, in South Asia uh, with the CARICOM, uh, with the FIPIC, because countries like, you know, small countries, it isn't just the ability to buy. They, they don't have actually the, uh, the, you know, the wherewithal to really access the market. Uh, so I, I think it's important and I, again, while we are discussing vaccines right now, understandably, I want you to look at it in terms of a larger picture, okay? Because in my view, one of the, uh, the real debates about globalization has been uh, the equity and fairness of globalization. It is because globalization has not been beneficial between societies and within societies, that you had people questioning the virtues of uh, globalization. And those who are truly committed to globalization and wanted to do well, should I think devote themselves to that. And, you know, I, I look at our partnership, the government's partnership with the Gates Foundation, as a kind of global fairness uh, coalition, if you would, you know, that we are making an effort really to uh, make sure that, you know, the, the, the sort of the, uh, the weaker, vulnerable, uh, less privileged people within societies and among countries don't get uh, left behind. But to this, uh, other than doing what we are doing, I think this idea, it's important that there are additional capabilities because uh, it isn't enough, you know, we are not, unless you have greater production, uh, distributive justice by itself will not be adequate. And I think that sense of India as a additional engine of global growth. Now, Vijay referred, for example, to the fact that you have uh, India developed vaccine as well. Uh, so, which is, which is a very, very uh, important development. So, I, I, I think uh, part of India's rise 
would be uh, really to to bring the you know to demonstrate additional capabilities and i think the world would be better served by those additional capabilities capabilities which are in the hands of a country which embraces the world which actually as i said believes in international cooperation whose heritage it is to do that and who by the way is prepared to to sort of put its money where its mouth is or at least its capability where its mouth is and as we have seen whether it's you know hydroxychloroquine or whether now vaccines uh, you know we 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 have uh, stepped forward i i don't i, I think it's something which is uh, worth underlining as well i very much support your vision of a global fairness coalition if you like and and the gates foundation you know our core mission when we were set up over 20 years ago which is carved on our headquarters outside uh, Seattle is that every person deserves the chance to a healthy and productive life and in fact the uh, outrage that Bill and Melinda Gates felt when they saw that many easy to access particularly health treatments but also in agriculture and financial inclusion and sanitation as which the rich world got routine access to were not being distributed across the developing world is you know really the driving force behind all our work and in that context that's also been a, a core element of our partnership with india as i say initially in vaccines uh where india has already become and developed strong local vaccines like around the um uh rotavirus uh but also for domestic use and for global uh use linked to that is a vision of south south development which india again has been at the forefront of and i think part of what we're seeing now i hope is a is a a different kind of sets of south south partnerships uh which india is being a pioneer of and i a few ministers just to talk a little bit about how you see that vision going forward again beyond health including health but beyond health you know again uh, mark uh, a lot of south you know south south cooperation has been around for a long time uh, i think uh, a lot of people sincerely genuinely are committed to it Uh, but it's important i think uh, with greater you know uh, uh, greater globalization stronger uh, interlinkages interdependence more technology uh, and also more challenges to make that a reality i think a lot of it is today to take the fancy words in international relations and make them into practical initiatives and and you know uh foundations like yours clearly uh, make a difference there now uh, when we speak of uh, south south cooperation for us a large part of that is within asia and uh, also our relationship uh, with africa and we have uh, certainly in the last 6 uh, years since uh, prime minister modi came to office we have really stepped on the gas Uh, i mean today out of 54 african countries for example we have uh, i think in 51 countries we have projects uh, of some kind either grant or lines of credit to most lot of them are lines of credit and you know it's it's for people who in a sense are non you know who, who may not believe in it or who are a bit cynical often people think of it as self interest okay and and i grant you i mean in international relations there is an element of that but i think if you look at what a lot of what we have done you know and some of the examples i mean you know a country like mauritania okay it's it's the other end of africa i mean my my uh, strategic interest there 
is is not uh, particularly high but the fact that we could go out there and build a, a milk processing plant or the fact that we've been very active in water you know water treatment systems in tanzania and uh, mozambique uh, or in reviving you know we've we've done a textile plant in kenya or uh, cement plant in djibouti sugar in different countries and a lot of what we are now trying to do uh, you know using technology we have a uh, a very uh, ambitious uh, initiative for uh, telehealth and teleeducation and i think one of the lessons of covid is going to be a, a greater digital reliance uh, so what we have been trying to do is really uh, in a sense as they said you know helping them to fish rather than giving them fish and through enhancing capability building whether it's in Uh, human capability or whether it's an asset creation uh, it's you know we have really today uh, have a have a, a footprint which extends from the pacific island all the way through asia africa to the caribbean and and sometimes you know in in uh, value terms it can it may not be much but it means a lot to the country concerned i mean one of the things which I, i i i met the president of st vincent and the grenadines and we actually helped to uh, uh, revive an arrowroot uh, production factory which meant an enormous amount uh, to them uh, we are working in fact this is our biggest project today abroad which is on a refinery a petroleum refinery in mongolia which is of a totally different scale so uh, my point is today uh, for a country like india has you know both in terms of our belief in terms of our heritage and history and in terms of our world strategy that if we want to see a rebalanced world where there is much great you know the diversity of the world is fully expressive in terms of uh, better power distribution better capability distribution i think it makes eminent sense to go out there and you know uh, work with other countries and build up their capabilities obviously we on goodwill but i think you actually create in the long term uh, uh, a much uh, better world and uh, you know uh, we will focus on those areas which we are better at which are obviously our strengths i think uh, we're doing a lot of it abroad a lot of uh, digital stuff abroad uh, uh, agriculture i think is now uh, an increasing uh, area of interest but i my sense is particularly post pandemic and i'm sure vijay will bear this out i think there's enormous interest in health security and and i see that really as as a completely new area of inter priority international uh, cooperation uh, that is that is opening up and i can assure you that we will be there doing you know whatever is within uh, you know the the realm of possibilities uh, on our part well one of the areas that uh, i think is most important in that uh, and has the most potential is in the scientific realm and the digital realm and uh, you mentioned uh, di- digital financial inclusion for example is an area where we have partnered again with uh, the reserve bank of india and and others to help bring delegations from countries like nigeria and indonesia to learn uh, from the indian example on uh, expanding uh, financial access to the poorest and uh bj if i turn back to you you know in areas that the minister already touched on a couple in agricultural sciences you you and i had a recent uh, conversation around some partnerships there in things like other health areas like antimicrobial resistance or global health security 
and technology. You know, I'm curious both how you see cooperation in research can be better enabled, including the role of you know partnerships with foundations like ours, but also you know just where you see the highest potential for applying science and technology uh, to these national and global problems. Um, thank you, Mark. You know, as um, the minister just pointed out, um, the reach of India's interactions globally points to a truly global view uh, of a sense of community and not just now, taking this one step further into areas such as agriculture and health, which you pointed out. The pandemic has highlighted a simple point that we must look at these issues in a comprehensive manner of one health and not matters such as what do I do with virology? What do I do with you know spillovers? What do I do with agricultural pests? Now this one health perspective is a big challenge. The West has addressed this so far by pouring in huge amounts of resources into solving problems in a manner which is disproportionately akin to a hammer on an ant. And this is not tenable to scale globally. India's approach, which combines uh, you know, quality science in partnership with the best in the West and elsewhere, but also with a digital reach, which allows us to estimate who needs what precisely and deliver according to that requirement, rather than a broad brush requirement which may be either excessive in some areas or missing in others. Now, this kind of a digital feedback mechanism combined with real touch material changes in agriculture or health, uh, what some people have referred to as the digital, bridging the digital and the uh, other divide, uh, is something which India has become very good at. The payments portal, which you talked about, is one example. Uh, scaling that has been absolutely terrific. Now, this now can scale into other aspects, combining high-quality sensors, electronics, feedback into decision-making, and going back to what people need at the farm level. Their partnerships with the Gates Foundation, other similar organizations is important, because technologies which have been developed for all sorts of other reasons, and which have come with all sorts of bells and whistles, now need to be broken up into modules which can be adapted to this new global demand. And that's something we must partner and ensure that not only India, but all the world has access to. So, um, Minister, if I can turn back to you in that context, you know, that you mentioned the global health security agenda, and that is being vigorously discussed in global forums like the G7 uh, and the G20. Um, and that's on aspects both of how we continue to respond to the current crisis, which is very much with us and, and will be uh, for a while longer in its implications, and also prepare and respond to future crises. And, uh, you know, I'm actually serving on a G20 high-level uh, panel to, on, uh, to provide uh, advice to the G20 on financing for future pandemic preparedness. Uh, unfortunately, I would say the historical pattern uh, is once crises move, close to the rear view mirror, uh, global cooperation around it tends to falter, that there are often fine words, but, uh, but not a lot of actions and deeds. And you know, we're facing not just this global health security, but also you, you mentioned early climate change. And I'm just curious to see both you know, how optimistic you are 
that the uh, global community will tackle these differently and just uh, where you see India's approach and, and potentially distinctive contribution? Uh, well, look, uh, uh, Mark, in a way, I think, you know, today India is the laboratory. It is to some degree in certain areas an example. It's certainly an additional capability. Uh, we hope in many cases it's a good partner. And uh, I think it's also important we tell our own story effectively so that people really understand what's going on. You know, uh, I, I have a 400-800 story which I'm actually surprised to see how little it's been picked up in the global media. And the 400 is the 400 million people into whose bank accounts we put in money without it getting lost on the way. And 800 million people, were the 800 million people who actually got food from the government all through last year because of the lockdown and the disruption. Now, if you go anywhere in the world and say, listen guys, I just paid out 400 million people and I fed 800 million people, you should make waves. For whatever reasons, we can, you know, it's a, it's a different uh, subject. You can debate why uh, it hasn't uh, got the kind of uh, attention and focus that it should have. But the answer to your question, how confident I am about the global community, I, I, I don't differ with you. Uh, I think that has been the experience that things do tend to move to the rear view mirror and the you know uh, objects look further and further away uh, as you look at the rear view mirror. Uh, but I think that is why it is important for countries to step forward and make sure that that spotlight is not taken away. Uh, and certainly a lot of what we do, I mean it wasn't that our health cooperation uh, with say Africa, as you know, uh, it wasn't that it took place in crisis and it got switched off. I mean, uh, so we would we would uh, certainly like to remain steady, reliable, good, exemplary partners, if you would, uh, for for the global south, and in many cases uh, for countries not from the south as well. And I want to add one more thing, and this is not a health security or even a developmental point. Look. There are powers and powers. I mean, every big power rising is unique. Okay. I would like to be an enlightened power, which does not do what all the others did before me, which is to shut the door as soon as you entered the room. Okay. I would like to make sure that the door is open for other powers to come in. I, mean, I truly believe, for example, the rise of Africa uh, actually the world will not be multipolar until the rise of Africa, for example, and not just the rise of Africa, actually takes place. So, I, I, to me, to go back to your first question, you know, the world is a family. I would like to be an enlightened power which not only organizes its own rise, but which also facilitates the rise of others so that, as I said, the real diversity of this world is fully reflected in international affairs. And to do that, I must keep looking at those challenges and crises as they come and work with other countries. And that is exactly what is the foreign policy vision of my prime minister. And that's what we try to do in Indian diplomacy.
Uh, well, thank you, Minister. I think uh, I could not think of a better note to, to close on. And as a South African, I'm very here to, uh, pleased to hear your, your vision about the uh, importance and the future role of Africa. And as a global citizen leading a global foundation, I'm even more pleased to hear about your vision of you know, a, an enlightened approach to global affairs, which really is a both and. And I think to your uh, 400 and 800 story, certainly we at the Gates Foundation have been highlighting how India's domestic response on you know, food security and access to financial inclusion is both an amazing feat in itself, but also a great model for those countries across the rest of Asia, in Africa, across the world to follow. And as we look forward into uh, what will still be a very challenging uh, period in terms of addressing the COVID response and global health security, I think uh, we're both reassured and excited to hear India's commitment to continued global leadership and even more excited to continue to be a partner uh, with Vijay and, and across the uh, scientific community and the research and development community in India, which is an incredibly vibrant one. So uh, with that, a, a huge thank you to both of you for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Policy Pod, the ORF podcast. Please subscribe to our channel for updates on upcoming episodes.